Thank you for joining us today for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, follow us on social media at CelebrationORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org. Hey church, I pray that you all are doing well. I wanna welcome you guys to After the Message, our, our first quarantine version. My name is Keith, if we haven't had a chance to meet, um, I would love to meet you and connect with you, so please reach out to us and, and let us know how we can come alongside and pray for you. Today, I am joined by an incredible ensemble. I, I, I almost wanna call them a cast of characters because what you have here sitting at this table are some remarkable people that I love to get a chance to do life with. So of course, naturally, I gotta defer to my beautiful wife, Megan, who's sitting next to me. Hello. Um, how are you? I'm good. You look radiant today. Oh, thank you. You yes. don't look bad yourself. Thank you, I appreciate the compliment. Um, I'm just trying my best to try to get a little bit of encouragement. Um, but in addition to that, we're, we're joined by my man, Mike. Pastor yeah. Mike. So, hey. Mike, tell us tell us a little bit about what you do here at the church. I think it'll be good for the people to know. Yeah, absolutely. So, what I do here at the church is kind of oversee our operation components. So, you know, try to make sure everything is locked down tight. You know, we don't have little loose hands anywhere. You know, that's kind of the I love how you just went deal. super official. I, you know, yeah, you sometimes super, like, I do. You know, I can go in and out. It's yeah. like a chameleon. That's yeah, that's the that's the sure. effect I have. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then and then to my right, your left, if you're when you're watching from your screen. I am joined by the incomparable, the ever so elegant, the anointed, <laughs> not that you're not those things, oh, Mike, but, 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 yeah. but Pastor Becca, <laughs> tell the people about who you are, what you do at the church, and give us your top 10 favorite Bible verses, oh. go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, yes, my name is Pastor Becca, and I have the honor of overseeing um, what we call church life, which is just like a churchy way of saying our ministry areas. So I get to oversee everything from the smallest uh, members of our church, so all of our next-gen ministries to the oldest members of our church, our, our care ministries, our equip uh, ministries. And so, yeah, if it has the word ministry in it, uh, it's something that I have the privilege of overseeing. Indeed. Yep. So sitting at this table, essentially what we have are representation for our entire church, whether it be ministry or operations, just the way that we function. Um, that's what's sitting here at the table. And me and Megan, somehow, we just try our best to smile and look good on Instagram. That's our role. <laughs> that's the best thing that we can contribute. Um, but I'm excited that you guys are, are with us today because I'm excited to continue in this conversation that we had um, this past Sunday. And so if you didn't get a chance to hear the message, I want to encourage you to go back and check it out. Uh, we will be talking about some things from the message, so I think it'll help give you some context. Um, but I want you to stay plugged in because I do think that there's some things that you're going to hear today that's going to be unique, but it will be in addition to what we talked about um, on Sunday. And, and what we talked about on Sunday um, is we talked about this topic of doing the most. Now, now again, we, we are familiar with this phrase, and for some of my older saints out there, maybe you're not, maybe you're not familiar with doing the most. So doing the most is just simply, it's like imagine someone who writes in all caps. Doing the most is when someone highlights, when they put an exclamation point after everything. That's kind of like um, literary examples of doing the most, but in addition to that, it's just when people just, they're just over the top. So when I when I look at when I look at Pastor Mike here, you guys may not know a lot of things about Pastor Mike, but let me give yeah. you some information about my man Mike here. Mike Mike he does the most, pretty much in everything that I know. Um, he, he does the most um, with with his dress code. Let's start there. His his obsession with um, co I guess we'll go ahead and do some product placement. We could do product placement. We'll do product placement. His obsession with Kohan shoes. Oh you you do the most. Like Mike, talk to us a little about your 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 Kohan 
obsession. I think that Pastor Becker, he may need to sign up for the Freedom Class. <laughs> it, so. it could be freedom, but I just feel like, you know, You're you already said it. You know, you said it on Sunday that, hey, blessed are the feet. We're pretty the gospel. So I'm just, you know, I am in that vein, too. So listen, I'm presenting the gospel. My feet have to be blessed. So the Kohan game, I keep my Kohans in a box, mm-hmm. and they all stay in boxes, and they have to face me. And when I open up the closet, I want to see them. But I have almost 40 pairs <laughs> of just Kohans. Okay. So it's it's bad. Do you, when you look, when you open up your closet, is there like a choir sound that comes in? It is like a choir up? sound. But the sad thing is some of them I haven't even worn in two years. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, like, at what point? Are you stopping? Are you trying to get to one a week, like I, per year? You know, <laughs> I'm I'm that type. I would love to be able to be like, I don't even. I wear that shoe like once a month, and you're good with that. And that would be that would be awesome. See, wow. like Mike, that like, would be awesome. The way that I steward my resources, I don't have an abundance of shoes. <laughs> that's just not the way. That's that a lie. Yeah, that's just not that's the way a lie. I, I see shoes are on my side yeah. of the closet. <laughs> First of all, you don't have a side of the closet. It's our closet. We collectively. Things together, um, for sure, and we're not going to even begin to talk about you, Miss Thing. Who does the most. So, so let me. I know we talked a little about this on Sunday, but like, I literally have like laundry lists of things that I could talk about with my wife and how she does the most. And and so one, and this is like this is like like confession. Let's say confession is good for the soul. So we're going to lean into this and we're going to confess for a moment. Mm-hmm. You even admitted how you do the most whenever we go out to restaurants. Like that's a that's a thing. Like I, I want I want I want you to confess it, but I'm just gonna set I wanna frame this a little bit so everybody can understand the context. Like there's there's a there's like a strategic process by which when we go out to restaurants in order for me to to function and to manage my frustration. This is how I have to protect my marriage. Whenever Megan and I are going to a restaurant that we've never been to, I try to send her a PDF version of the menu as early as possible because it's inevitable that when we get there, she has a lot of questions, as we all understand that. But they get into some very detailed things. She wants to know how old the cook is. She wants to to know where the onions are coming from. The yeah. type of cheese that's going to be made, and then after I decide all of these things that I have to figure out about the meal, I pick from three different meals. I say, "Hey, which one is the favorite here? Which one would you recommend?" And I'm telling you, it's <laughs> never steered me wrong. So even though I'm doing the most, it is efficient, and I promise you, if you eat out with me, you're going to have the best meal ever. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy. I certainly enjoy the leftovers because there always is leftovers. But I think you misused the word efficient. There's nothing efficient about this. <laughs> At all. Um, I'm just going to put that out there. So y'all pray for me. If y'all ever see that Meg and I take a picture of us eating at a restaurant, you just know that there was a lot of work that went into that meal before it got on our plate um, in front of us. But then also... We, we have this angelic, wonderful woman right here. You're and setting me up for the rest I am. of this I am, podcast. For sure. yes. Because somebody's got to keep us. Like somebody's got to keep us in order. Yeah. Like you just you just look like you keep order. And so like yes. so and in all honesty, like she is so kind. So generous. Like, right. these are statements that are very rarely said about me. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> um, but but for you, like, you do the most with generosity mm-hmm. to the extremes that people yeah. feel like they do the least when they're around you. Oh, my gosh. So, so like, I mean, I'm, I, we were just talking about this. Before we even turn the cameras on, we're just, like, running down a list of all the generous deeds that you mm-hmm. ha- have extended that makes us all feel terrible about our lives. Like, when you're on maternity leave, but yet you still sneak into the offices. On on Valentine's Day it was right, uh-huh. yeah. and and yeah. dropped yeah. off little gifts for 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 like it's it's like 
Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> I just, I love Jesus a lot. <laughs> you know? So I just, I seek to model him, and I feel like Jesus probably would have made cookies if, if there were, you know, ovens. I mean, he made fish for his friends, so. This is true. So, you know, Valentine's Day, you make cookies. <laughs> that, that makes sense, you know? I guess. So as, if we heard it properly, she loves Jesus, she's modeled Jesus, and the rest of us are heathens. So, yeah, so, so, so moving Although on. I, I oh, no. Wait, 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 well, you know, Keith is on this, like, he's always doing the most, but we already talked about how his watches and oh, shoes past. have the massive. That's past tense. I know, but let's talk about the hours that you have spent Come on. in this week <laughs> looking at recipes, <laughs> Chef Boyarki. So, so. For hours. For even, like, the process of buying your your grill, like, how yeah. long did you? Oh, my gosh. That was yeah. probably yes. the most. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I, uh, to me, I just think that's, like, stewardship and wisdom. Oh. Like, I, th I think, like, so I guess that's, we have to define boundaries because, for me, I just want, it's an investment. I want to make sure that whatever I get, that I know that it's in for the long haul. It's okay. going to function for our family. And how can you be upset with me looking at recipes so that I can better feed our family? Who can get mad at that? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Like I am just trying to figure out a way to lay out meals for my family so they can be blessed. And I'm now being accused of doing the most. I just can't win. So, like, church, I need y'all to sincerely pray for me. <laughs> you're, so, basically, you're, both of your extras are balancing each other. Yes, but you it's know? all for the benefit of the people. Sure. Like literally, as I talked about our grill, and listen, I just got this new grill. In fact, I'm waiting for it to arrive. I'm so excited about it. Like if if this ministry thing don't work out, I'm promise you I'm opening up a restaurant. Y'all can get at me. I'm gonna open my own Instagram, a burner account. I'm gonna be posting all types of food and all types of things. Like so, I'm telling you, I'm 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 working on it right now. But yeah, like but I'm immediately thinking, man, I can't make wait to make some things for our wonderful staff. I can't wait. Yeah. Like I even began to strategize with you because oh, you do the true. most with everything else that we do. In fact, I heard before our arrival, there was like some kind of cooking competition, oh. and yeah. and you won. I Walk me through that twice. a little bit. <laughs> wait, but I don't, no, wait. Hold on. No, listen. No, she beat me in the mac and cheese, which the ancestors did not like. So she beat me with the mac and cheese. But, but my bread pudding, I did win in the bread pudding. No, you didn't. I, oh, my gosh. I no, promise you. We I won in the bread pudding. In. Uh, if you guys could see this, there are people Listen. agreeing with me behind Listen. the camera. Yeah. Listen, so I'm telling I, you. Yeah. I, let me hear my suggestion because I'm here to solve problems. <laughs> I think we need we, another cook we, we right? that yeah. cook okay. okay. And Megan and I can be the deciding vote. Oh, that just seems like that, that would make sense. my heart happy. Yeah. That's great. That makes That's sense. great. That's great. Sense. <laughs> All right. So so let's let's yeah. get serious for a moment because yes. we could talk about food because immediately I'm thinking about probably the recipes that are on the background of my iPad right now <laughs> that I'm thinking about. Um, that we need to cook. Yep. Like, it's true. It's true. <laughs> so we, we all have those tendencies, and we talked about that a little bit um, this week about like doing the most. And we all have right. the, the varying areas where we love to lean in, study, mm -hmm. research, do everything we can to get that information um, because we feel like it's for our betterment. But then there's also that other side where, man, do we do the most when it comes to our walk with God? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's so easy for us to like get frustrated or get disappointed or to walk right. away from God so quickly. And, and one of the thoughts that we shared last week was really just like how people can have so much stamina when it comes to running from God, but so little patience when it comes to waiting on yeah. Him. Mm -hmm. But I believe that if we could use even a portion of that same energy that we do the most in all these other areas 
and begin to position it in our walk with God, I think we begin to see like these profound results. So we looked at this amazing text in, in Mark chapter two that I think is really an example on so many levels of what it looks like when people do the most, like just yeah. going above and beyond, going out of their way. And so there's a there's a couple of things that I think it's, it's worth us having some conversation um, and discussion around as we as we consider what does what does it look like to do the most in your faith? So of course we we know the narrative in Mark two where it's a, it's the paralytic man he has his four friends and they come to this environment where Jesus is at um, the room is packed they they can't get in and so they go to the roof and so there's a lot of activity that happens but one of the things I want to pause and talk about for a moment is that moment where after the friends like tear the roof off and and they lower their friend in the presence of Jesus there's this thought that I've just been wrestling with like man this is a powerful one where it says that Jesus sees their faith. Hmm. Which to me, it really made me think, and I, and I shared a little bit of this on Sunday, but there's, I want to hear you guys' feedback. What it meant was, I wondered what, what exactly was the definition or the defining factor that made Jesus have this inner dialogue that says, man, I see their faith. Mm-hmm. Because if I think about it from a, from a data point, from a progressive standpoint, he probably saw their faith when they went to go get their friend. That's a data point. They, he probably saw their faith when they got there and the doors were closed or they couldn't get in, but they weren't, they weren't content with that. Mm-hmm. He probably saw their faith when he went up to the roof. He probably saw their expression of faith when they tore the roof off. And he probably saw their expression of faith when they lowered the man in front of him. So it made me think that like there's a bunch of different ways that faith can be demonstrated. And I think a lot of times we think that it's just one expression of faith. That's the only way that faith looks. But I'm just I'm just reading into this a little bit. But I got to believe that all of it was a demonstration of faith, because from those guys perspective, they didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Mm-hmm. But they went and got their friend. They weren't content with the with not being able to see Jesus. They went to the roof like everything they did was an expression of faith. So I just want to hear from you guys, like, what are some ways practically we can encourage people that like this is what modern day um, demonstration of faith looks like? Because obviously, hopefully you're not tearing off anybody's roof. <laughs> hopefully you're not going into any environments where you don't fit in. And sometimes we do have to get creative with that. Right. But mm-hmm. but let's talk a little bit about like what are some what are some modern day demonstrations of faith that we all can probably relate to? Yeah, I mean, I would actually think, you know, immediately in that it wasn't like that's great. But in our context today, you know, we have our we're in a pandemic right now. Mm-hmm. So our groups, like, you know, my group, we had to stop meeting, yep. you know, face to face. But we knew that what we needed wasn't to just stay at home by ourselves. Well, we knew that what we needed was to not just see each other, but to dive deep into the word. We needed mm-hmm. some encouragement because, you know, most of the people in my groups, they were still working. So they still had some different tensions either with coworkers or they still had different problems coming in. They mm-hmm. still had family members who were being sick and maybe not even mm-hmm. sick from the virus. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we, we've been talking so much about the virus, but yet there are still some, so some disease and issues that are going so on that have not stopped. And yeah. so these are very real issues that people having. So, you know, I mean, talking about the faith and pulling open the roof, you know, we made time to go, hey, we're, we're going to do this virtually yep. and we'll try any element. I mean, this is what's been so great is whether people tried Zoom. Zoom was like the last thing we tried was like, okay, there's money there. Is there anything we can do for free? <laughs> so I mean, we've tried all the different things and then we landed on something and we weren't going to stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we actually still haven't stopped. So we've still continued to go through. We ended our, technically ended our group semester. However, we were still going through it because mm-hmm. we just realized no, what we need to pull from this is us diving into our word and us communicating with each other mm-hmm. about what God is doing in and through our lives. Sure. So it's just yeah. something that we just had to bombard 
bombard the system with. And that's, that's what good. we did. I love that. I love that. What about you, Becca? What do you think are some some demonstrations of faith that we can probably encourage people with? Because I think that's a I think that's a crucial point as you emphasize community. Like gathering in community is a demonstration right. of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, whether because sometimes you're gathering with people that you don't know and mm-hmm. you don't know what the outcome's gonna be. Sometimes you're 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 some of the obstacles you gotta go through. Should we go through Zoom? Right. There's money involved. Mm-hmm. Like is it an investment that's worth taking? Like so all of that that you said is an expression and demonstration of faith where I'm believing for an outcome right. but I just don't see it just yet. So that's mm-hmm. beautiful. But I, I know that there's some other ones. So so what do you think are some other demonstrations of faith that we could see? Yeah, I think in general, what I love about this narrative, and even you started pointing it out, of like the, the data points that, mm-hmm. that they were going through of not stopping mm-hmm. just because there there was like something that they came across that was potentially a roadblock. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think a lot of times for us in our demonstrations of faith, it's, uh, well, I, I'm not going to keep praying for that because I'm not seeing change or, or man, taking that extra step is just going to be a little bit too much. And so mm-hmm. I think it's the the pushing past and pushing through and recognizing, no, like what I love about this is that the their friends saw that they needed to get him as close to Jesus as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's what the posture that we have to take in order to continue building our faith is, yeah. mm-hmm. what do I need to do in order to get cl- as close to Jesus mm-hmm. as possible in, in this moment? And so l- not letting those barriers become mm-hmm. barriers to our yeah. faith, yeah. that uh, encountering Jesus is what, what we're ultimately trying to do. That's great. Yeah. So you so you hit on something that I, I want to hear from you, Megan. Like. She talked about like the barriers of faith, some mm-hmm. some of the, the obstacles and things that keep people. So yeah, we realize that there are barriers. And so I'm, I'm thinking back about um, when we had like a sisterhood gathering and how like sometimes, you know, we're all gathering through Zoom and through the internet. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's a demonstration of faith for someone to show up, but then here's, a, here's an issue, like the internet goes down or there's an issue with it, like, and how you even have to persevere with that. What I'm, what I'm trying to help us to see is that there's always going to have to be moments where we have to persevere, get creative, be mm-hmm. patient and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about that, like some of those barriers and just how we can navigate through some of it sometimes. Yeah, there's so many barriers. I mean, um, even though we're resourced with mm-hmm. so much by the Internet, um, you know, with, you know, we have Zoomcast, mm-hmm. you know, and then we have podcasts and we have, mm-hmm. you know, all these different things. But I think the barriers can be this is overwhelming. So this is um yeah too much it's an overload i don't see the results Mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of times some faith is the evidence of things not seen you know and a lot of times we have to push past our comfort levels i remember you know some people didn't get back into the zoom but they you know they didn't get to see the sisterhood because there was a blockage there but i'm telling you these guys who wanted their friend to, to experience freedom to see jesus they pushed past their emotions they leaned on each other mm-hmm. and they leaned on Jesus to be able to, they drew closer to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where freedom comes yeah. um, mm-hmm. when you push past the barriers mm-hmm. of what you feel in that moment. Yeah. Cause yeah. a lot of times we're not always gonna feel like reading our Bibles. A lot right. of times we're not gonna feel like exhibiting true faith, but yeah. if we truly use the model, it's just a faith of a mustard seed. Right. That's mm-hmm. all you need and Jesus yeah. can work with you yeah. with yeah. the so rest. True. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So I, ha- I have this thought and, and I, haven't, I haven't vetted it theologically so we're just having a conversation right here but but, oh, okay. but watch this but we're talking about barriers we're talking about what do we have to do to try to get into the presence of god um 
and what does it look like to dig deeper? What does a demonstration of faith look mm-hmm. like? Jesus sees mm-hmm. them. And so yet are some practical things in the context of church. So we know that reading your word is a demonstration right. of faith. We know that um, we know that baptism, there's these key things that obviously we believe as a church that are that are critical to demonstrations of faith. Giving is a demonstration mm-hmm. of faith, right. even in moments where there's lack. But if I can back up a little bit and think about some of the barriers that that can keep us from exhibiting faith in a way that Jesus may not see it all the time. Like, honestly, I think it's like trust. And and hear hear me when I say this. Sometimes I think we can trust God so much in something that we stop praying about it altogether. I think that we can get to a point where we're so content and such strong believers in the sovereignty and the power of God mm. that we stop presencing what we're looking for because our belief is that God's just going to do it anyway. Wow. And so I can tell you personally, there have been moments where there have been things that I know that I should be praying for, mm-hmm. but because my faith tells me that God's going to work it all out, mm-hmm. I don't even pray about it anymore mm-hmm. because God's yeah. going to work it all out. He works all things together for the good. <laughs> and But what I believe is that so if we take that mentality and we just believe that God's going to work it all out, of course mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. He's going to work all yeah. things together. We see that from Old Testament right. to New Testament. Right. But there's still what I see in this and throughout the course of the Bible, the importance of us taking that issue and presencing it into the presence of God, regardless right. if we know the outcome. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Those moments where we can be people of faith, but sometimes we can run out of hope or we can just trust that God's going to work it all out yeah. and we stop yeah. we stop praying about it. So so am I am I crazy? Am I wrong? Have you ever seen moments where even in our own lives where mm-hmm. like man, I probably should be praying about this more, but yeah. I'm trusting God so much, but I'm leaning so much on trust that yeah. I stop, that I stop praying about it. I stop declaring it. Um, I don't know if I'm nuts, but I just know that I'm seeing this rhythm in my life. So I've asked myself, God, can you can you see my faith in this? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want my faith to be gone and I'm just having an expectation, but I've actually never laid it at your feet. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. What do, you, what do you guys think about that? Wow. I, I would say, um, I know for us, because our ties come out of our paycheck, mm-hmm. um, we don't pray for God to continually be our provider. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we just mm-hmm. get paid and we don't thank him for it. We don't yeah. continue to... Thank him that he is a constant provider in our Mm -hmm. lives. And I think you can almost get used to him doing that. So when it's taken away, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's one of those things that will affect us because you know what? We weren't in constant prayer about him Mm -hmm. being that provider. We weren't steadfast in all of that. So I think that was one of the things that stood out to me is like constantly thanking him for that instead of just trusting that he's going to, I'm going to get a paycheck every week. That's so true. Mm. That's true. I, I remember, I'm not sure if you remember this, but I remember when um, one of my family members had um, graduated from medical school. And so while he was in medical school, like he was like a person of just profound, deep prayer, just like, God, I need you to move in my finances. God, I need you to help me. I need you. And I remember as we're sitting at his graduation, he had said to me, he's like, man, like I'm concerned about my faith. And I said, well, why? He said, because I don't know what my walk with God's going to look like when I don't need him anymore. Wow. Yeah. And literally what he was saying is that he's about to shift into a new space where he's going to make so much money that he doesn't have to pray for wisdom Mm. because he's just one paycheck away from doing whatever he wants to do. And so I think that those are moments where I say, like, just because we have it, and even to your point, like, there are times where we have to pause and reflect and say, like, man, like, we're we're giving. Thank God for that because we, like, because it's automatic. We don't see it convenient sometimes just out of sight, out of mind. But there are those moments where 
if we don't if we don't pause to reflect yeah. and recognize and invite God into those moments, it can just become so automatic that we stop actually drawing closer to God as a result of it. Yeah. And so what I love about this mm. passage is that it really oh. does show like the diligence and the persistence that's needed in order for us to truly engage God. But but there's another thing that, that I want to hit on in here um, that I think is really powerful. And, and that is that that moment after Jesus sees their faith and then he makes this statement. He says that your sins are forgiven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's the first thing that he addressed. And and Pastor Becker, you and I talked a, a little bit about this and I really feel like you have like a really strong revelation around that. So I would love to I would love to hear your insight on that because I think it's something that can help us. Yeah, I think what is so interesting is this, you know, his friends have just gone through this entire, you know, traveling to to help their friend get physically healed Mm -hmm. and they see the faith and they're like, this is it. He's going to get up and walk. And the first thing that Jesus said is take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. I think if I was one of those friends, I'd be kind of annoyed. Like that wasn't the point, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, do you realize he's not walking, you know, but, Mm -hmm. um, just the fact that, man, Jesus would so much rather heal our hurt mm. than ease our pain. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That he would Say much that rather, <laughs> he would so rather okay, he would rather heal our hurt than ease our pain. Now look real intently in the camera. <laughs> yeah. Say it again. Is this, yeah. No, but seriously. Zoom in. Yeah. Like, listen, to listen to me, friend. Yeah. He would rather heal your hurt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So good. Seriously, but it, it's so true. I think we... We live with so much more awareness Mm -hmm. of our pain than we do in his desire to heal us. And the fact Mm -hmm. that ultimately we we carry things. um, You you guys talked so well about unforgiveness on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh And and I think that's something that we carry and we we are so much more aware of the offense that we're carrying than the fact that Jesus wants us to be free from it. And so I think the the thing that we have to take away from is recognizing like, man, where am I living with more awareness of of the pain that I'm feeling? Mm. Where am I living with more of an awareness of of the hurt, the offense, the things that others have done to me mm. than the fact that Jesus, you know, it is for freedom that yeah. he set us free. Right. Like yes. so that we wouldn't be slaves anymore. And so more I think that that's, that's the thing is that man, the his friends could have been disappointed. Yeah. That yeah. That their friend yeah. got, you know, his sins forgiven before mm-hmm. he he stepped into healing, but that Jesus looks at us and knows exactly what we need yes. in those moments, yeah. and and he frees yeah. us mm-hmm. um, from the pain that we're experiencing. That he'd rather heal our hurt mm-hmm. than ease our pain. Come on, yeah. yeah. So wow. so Mike, that's that's a powerful thought. It is because basically, like if, as I as I think about it and just really try to flesh through it, it's like. A lot of time, it's our our pain is really mm-hmm. it's it's the fruit of yeah. a of a deeper issue, yeah. mm-hmm. and so it's our pain yeah. point that often right. can cause us to yeah. come to the altar. Oh, yeah. God, I need you to do this very specific yep. thing yep. when there's a there's a deeper root issue. Yeah. So I don't know, Mike. Like, share yeah. a little bit around like that because I feel like this yeah. is something that can help some of us. Yeah, and so and like you said, it and I love how you you and Nira unpack that because um, one, I didn't know if y'all were even going to go there, but you you made clear in that point that you know some translations they may say you know forgive your debt or forgive mm-hmm. you know your mm-hmm. trespass because. Because at the end of the day, like that forgiveness is huge. Mm-hmm. Now, what is crazy about it, and when you even just talked about maybe some things in bondage and all that, um, what is crazy about when you look at it, and I was thinking about this earlier today, it just kind of sat on me, is that we can be freed 
But just because you're free doesn't mean that you're not a captive. Mm. So mm. it's it's one of those things to where um, this is why, like, even when Jesus was on the cross and freedom came, mm-hmm. he still had to go and set the captives free. Yeah. So freedom was already there. Yeah. But now, now in our own context, in our own worlds, in our own reality today, mm-hmm. you know, we can go to church, we can we can pray the prayer of salvation, we can get freed from it. Mm-hmm. But then we might still be captive in our mind. Okay. Now, what that actually looks like, and we can see that in the natural. I love the circus growing up, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, some people don't. I'm sorry to offend you, but I love the circus. <laughs> Barnum and Bailey, all day. Yeah. I never did the clowns. I still don't do clowns. But the animals, I'm all for it. And one of the things I always was amazed by were the elephants. Mm-hmm. And I think you had touched on it. We were just talking before mm-hmm. we actually started today, and you had mentioned elephants. The way that they would train them is they would shackle them up, yep. and then they would train them in that way. And then they would release the shackles, but the elephants would not actually know that they were oh, no right. longer mm-hmm. bound to those shackles. Yeah. So in theory, they were free, but they were still captive. Mm. Yeah. So that can happen to a lot of us today mm-hmm. is that in theory, we're walking in freedom, mm-hmm. but we're still captive, which is why wounds from the past are still there, yeah. which is yeah. why that freedom is so necessary. Mm-hmm. And so if Jesus makes mention of that first yeah. by saying, let me provide this additional freedom to you yeah. completely so that way you're not bound up to it, you're not held captive to it, yeah. then you can kind of move forward at that so point, true. which is why it's so good that, you know, why we have, you know, our freedom freedom class and stuff like that because what we do know is you can be freed but you can still be captive and that's a huge you know difference that is that is so true that is so true that's where our freedom classes are are so helpful in in taking us forward and we know that it's not about something that we're being freed from it's something we're being being freed for Mm -hmm. that freedom isn't a process or a journey it's jesus and Mm so our freedom classes we're going to be uh it's engaging in 21 days of freedom by jimmy evans it's Mm -hmm. self-guided but then we're going to have three workshops where we get to talk about what freedom looks like in the context of community mm-hmm. um, because we know that, you know, sin entangles us, yeah. but community mm-hmm. helps us uh, yeah. take the that entanglement off. And so mm-hmm. um, our freedom classes are going to be awesome as we launch those yeah. here coming up. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, that's a real key thing because I know for, for me, like earlier in my faith, like you just, you're, you're, you're here seeing these scriptures and you're hearing about this idea of, of freedom and, and Megan, you know, like our, our our church tradition is like, you know, you hear about these things and, and you just claim the name of Jesus and mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, 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 and he's gonna stop. Like yeah. you just like, hey, yeah. you're gonna be set free and so we're gonna claim these freedom things. But but honestly, man, and there's a lot of science behind all this stuff, but just like literally when the Bible talks about renewing your mind, mm-hmm. like right. it, it's yeah. a it's a process because there's certain behaviors and and neural pathways that have been carved that are that are very lean towards sin. That's called iniquity and, and mm-hmm. the renewing of your mind, allowing your mind to carve out new righteous pathways and neurons. I know I'm probably losing some of y'all, but I promise you this is all factual. But it's literally just showing you that there's a process with all that stuff and how we really can begin to have a life that matches our faith. Um, so I think that's the thing that I, I love about all this stuff. So so Megan, I, I want to talk to you uh, briefly just about just about forgiveness, because I know we were talking about that and how it brings us to a place of, of, of freedom. And so for me, I know that um, we're talking about offense. We're talking about the different journeys that we've been on. And, and I remember in my upbringing, my biological father left when I was four. My stepfather came in, raised me. That's my, my dad. But I remember, um, do you remember when, like when my, when my dad had, my biological dad had gotten sick and we began to re-engage. Um, and I, and I went to go visit him essentially on his deathbed. I didn't know at the time. Um, but I, I had a lot of built up unforgiveness yeah. that I, that was just very hard for me to move forward. Like, and I didn't realize that my life had come to a standstill, kind of like with this man, like mm-hmm. paralyzed. Like I felt like I was able to function. I felt mm-hmm. like I was able to live life. Like I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I wasn't 
living. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I s- s- sat in his room and I began to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I began to say, like, man, you know, I forgive you. And I literally, and this is what I did. I walked through everything that I felt that I was holding against him. Dad, you mm-hmm. missed out on me learning how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. You missed out on me having my, getting my license. You missed out on, I know Keith Jr. was born. Was De Niro born at that time or no? Uh, no, I was pregnant with her. Okay. So, um, so you missed out on, on the birth of my son. Like, so I walked through all the things that I was holding against him. And at the end of it, I just said, you're forgiven. And like, literally that confession, it freed me up so much. So now that my, my biological father has now passed on, like I have complete freedom. And I know all of us don't actually get an opportunity to do that. But Megan, I know that you've walked through seasons, whether it be um, with your dad or different things where you've put these things into practice on just how to forgive and move on. Yeah, I think, um, too, like I was going through a, a period of time, like a, a forgiveness uh, with my dad, um, you know, where I was not forgiving him at all. And I I was leading table groups. I was doing all <laughs> these things. I was reading my Bible and all this stuff. And even when the Holy Spirit was prompting me to forgive him, I would not do it. I just didn't. I didn't adhere to that word. Every time I thought about the things that I was upset about, mm-hmm. I got angry, mm-hmm. I got emotional, and I was the one who was actually suffering. Wow. Mm-hmm. He had no idea I was mad at him mm-hmm. because I didn't talk to him. Wow. I didn't have a conversation. And one of the things that God was um, telling me and showing me in those seasons is don't put expectations on people that they cannot meet. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't meet those things. Yeah. He wasn't that person. I literally had to accept him for who he was, just like Jesus does for us. And so once I picked up the phone (laughs) and answered it and he apologized, like I went through a whole year without Mm -hmm. doing that, having a conversation. And he had no idea that I was upset about all these things (laughs) going through my childhood. And so after that, after I hung up that phone, I literally felt like when you're talking about shackles, I related to that so much because it felt like shackles came wow. off of me. It was like a light went off. Mm-hmm. It, everything was bright. And I said, I will never yeah. get to that point again yeah. where I get that upset and I don't talk to someone yeah. and don't communicate that. And, wow. and and then forgive in that moment because yeah. there's nothing I'm gonna do that they can do or say to me yeah. that's gonna make me feel good about it anyway. Yeah. Cause then I'm gonna think it's insincere yeah. 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 and all those kind of yeah. things. So I just learned that don't put expectations wow. on people that they can't meet. Wow, that's so strong. So so let's let me let's talk for practicality and you know my my goal wasn't necessarily to kind of live in this space of, of forgiveness and offense but I, I think we're kind of in that that space and I think we're, there's 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 grace on it right now um, because I know um, I even had an interaction with with a young lady this past Sunday after she heard the message and she was just trying to determine um, am I am I struggling with offense like I'm trying to figure out like uh, is this unforgiveness like literally not being able to identify it and then not only not being able to identify it but not even knowing what are the practical steps of moving forward. Because I think for all of us, it can be different. Some of us have suffered just, just extreme violations. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you forgive? Yeah. Does forgiveness mean that I now give you equal access back into my mm-hmm. life if I've been betrayed? Yeah. Is, that what, is that what forgiveness looks like? And so I honestly told her, I said, you know, forgiveness, obviously it, it, free, it frees you. It allows you to move mm-hmm. forward. But, but let's be clear. Forgiveness doesn't mean that everyone has equal access back to the parts right. that they've called they caused damage. So let's talk around that a little bit on how you can still exhibit forgiveness, but you can also create healthy boundaries so that way you don't mm-hmm. find yourself in a position of 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 rehearsing or reenacting the very thing that you walk yeah. through. So so let's talk about that. What are some practical things for forgiveness that can be helpful for helping people to move forward um, in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. 
I would honestly say like some practical, maybe just this is just one practical thing is to first forgive yourself. I, I mm-hmm. think that you have to, because oftentimes, you know, if if I hold on forgiveness for a while, mm-hmm. I start feeling bad. Like, yeah. like because I know I shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. it. You know, especially yeah. like, you know, those of us who've been in church for a long time, those who have been in ministry, like we know these things, but we harbor it yeah. because it is like that offense. That offense gets to you, but then now it's like, now you're just staying the, the point of being offended. Yeah. And so you just harbor on to it. And so I think that first step is just forgiving yourself because mm-hmm. oftentimes, you know, you still want to place blame mm-hmm. on you. Yep. And so that allows you to kind of get over that hump to be like, okay, you know what? Whatever part I may have played mm-hmm. in this, yes. I forgive that. That's so yeah. And then kind of moving on from that. That's yeah. so strong. That's so strong. That's so good. I think a lot of times people don't look inward and mm-hmm. say, what right. part did I play in it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it? It's almost like when you have like two people who have something against each other, but everybody plays a part, whether it's right. you didn't say anything or right. you did say something, mm-hmm. right. you play a part. And so mm-hmm. that was so good that you brought that up. Yeah. For sure. I think too, it's so important to recognize that forgiveness is a journey mm-hmm. and that uh, it's not like a one-time thing. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we we lose the grace on ourselves mm-hmm. uh, when, well, I left that at the altar, but why did this come back up? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why, I think it's in Matthew 18 where Peter says, how many times do I forgive? Yeah. Seven times? <laughs> like thinking, oh yeah, seven times. Give me a Jesus number, Jesus. Yeah. 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 Give me a hard yeah. number. Yeah, and then he's like, 70 times seven. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, and so I think it, it's, it's recognizing like, like that it will come back up. And so uh, I was walking with a friend who she went through a divorce and, and she had truly forgiven. But then when she started dating again, all mm-hmm. these things started coming back up. So and true. then it's like, man, I never forgave them. No, it, forgiveness is a journey. It, mm-hmm. It's constant yeah. decision. It's re-decisions to forgive yeah, yeah. the wrongs that somebody has, has mm-hmm. done to you. And so I think that is part of that bound, mm-hmm. putting boundaries yeah. in place mm-hmm. is recognizing how you're going to have to have grace and continue taking those things to Jesus and, and recognizing that that's not a bad thing. Like the yeah. best thing we can yeah. do is spend time uh, in the presence of God, mm-hmm. finding deliverance yeah. yes. um, from those from those things that we harbor against other people. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's so yeah. strong. That's 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 really good because I, I think one of the things you said, and I kind of want to wrap up with this conversation here, where we're talking about like you have to put these disciplines in place, mm-hmm. these these things that we have to do. And so for me, that, that kind of reminds me of like this small component that we had in Sunday's message where we talked about the, the difference, um, but also the uniqueness that is found in the same coin. In other words, like this detention between um, priorities and values mm-hmm. and how it's possible for us to be so driven by values, but we haven't yeah. prioritized the things we need to do right. in order mm-hmm. to get the outcomes. Right. And so like, I, I find myself just processing through this quite a bit and, and all that. But when I, when I talk about the, the journey of forgiveness mm-hmm. and all the stuff we're talking about, yeah. I think all of us would value the things that the Bible say. All mm-hmm. of us value um, the fruit of the spirit. Right. But then it's our discipline. That's how we actually mm-hmm. put things into place mm-hmm. to make sure that we are that we are actually going to get the outcomes of what we are valuing. Mm-hmm. So, so like to put it plain, like we have our we are statements. That's those we are statements are a reflection of the culture that we want. But if we actually don't put things in place mm-hmm. to make right. sure that we are intentionally doing those things, we're not going to get the outcome. So mm-hmm. I, I say it this way: for the most part, you're going to find that we can't organically get an expression of the things that we that we value. It's mm-hmm. going to require a lot of discipline and the things that we have to put into place. So just just real quick, when we look at these men, they they carried their friend. Right. That's that takes strength. That takes mm-hmm. discipline. They they went beyond just valuing his health, but they prioritized it so they could bring him into the presence of Jesus. They did all these mm-hmm. things to to do all that stuff. 
I, I, I want to encourage our, our, our people out there that are watching us today. What are some practical things that they can put into their life? What are the what are the things they can begin to prioritize so they then they can begin to experience freedom? So they can yeah. begin to find themselves in the presence of Jesus. I know that there's a long list, but I just want to hear from everybody. What are some practical things we can do to begin to position ourselves in the presence of Jesus? Well, I'll just say, like, for me, one of those things that was super practical for me um, was making sure that I had accountability. Okay. Um, because I can tell myself all the time, like, I can put it up on a board, but if I don't have mm-hmm. somebody who I trust, a trusted accountability person, mm-hmm. to be able to kind of hold me to whatever it is that, because like you said, you've got those priorities, mm-hmm. but if I don't have somebody there who I trust and who can mm-hmm. keep me accountable to that, mm-hmm. none of those things will actually take place. Accountability. So accountability is huge on my end of that. And just and not just anybody. It's got to be somebody who who I am okay with calling me out on it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that I've given them that authority to do so. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to accept it, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to accept like, hey, right there, mm-hmm. you know, or even to let, let me like, like, like Pat Beckett said, there is a process you have to walk through it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's having that accountability um, because we can't do it alone. That's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah. Accountability, that's good. What do you got, Pat Beckett? Then Megan, you wrapping up, so yeah. prepare. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's that's such a hard. Like, there's so many things yeah. that you could go, but I think if we really have to narrow it down, I I think just prioritizing the presence of God mm-hmm. in your yeah. own life and and something that a girl in my group said last year that just really helped me is, um, you know, the, those moments where you're like, ah, do I really, I'd much rather just sit on the couch and watch Netflix than go read my Bible. Yeah. Wait a minute, is that not allowed? You know. We're all, you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just... There, there are times. Okay. You know? I just want to know if it's okay. But um, I think the thing she said is, when I turn off the TV and I pick up my Bible, I never finish reading my Bible and mm. think, man, that was a waste of time. Mm, but on. there are so many times that we binge watch Netflix and go, man, that was a waste of time. What did right. I do? True. And so it's like, if for me, it's like if I can just get to that point where I recognize if I spend my time with God right now, yeah. I'm not going to regret it at the end. That's right. And just That's recognizing wonderful. like if I, if I, Spend time with God, mm-hmm. I will never regret it. And yeah. so yes. prioritizing it that way is mm-hmm. really helpful for me. That's strong. That is good. Yeah. That's really good. Well, she took mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. she, she did it so well, though. She did it so well. Um, I would say prayer because a lot of times mm-hmm. uh, we need to hear the voice of God and the mm-hmm. things that we're doing. And if we are, if we don't spend time with him, when the voice of the enemy comes in, mm-hmm. that's the voice that we'll listen to yes. because our voice is not trained to hear specifically from God. And like it leads us, the, our own voices leads us in the, oh, in the wrong good. direction, is, you yeah. know, yeah. but the voice of God will not steer us wrong. It will mm-hmm. steer us on the right path. And I think a lot of times we need conviction in the things that we're about to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And unless we are truly hearing from God on a daily basis. We know his voice. We know how he speaks to us, mm-hmm. whether that's by the word, whether that's through someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, our filter will be through our own needs and our so own true. desires. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. That's good. That is that's strong. Great. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you, girl. Just, just <laughs> I, lo- I love that. Like, honestly, like, I think, you know, the accountability, um, prioritizing the presence of God, like, and, and prayer is a, is a huge component because Jesus says, like, your my voice, my sheep, right. they know my voice, right. and I think that's mm-hmm. a, a crucial, a really crucial part. 
what I what I'll say and what I'll encourage everybody with because I think we're we're hearing a, a collection of thoughts mm-hmm. here that that at all it's all just showing us the importance of prioritizing God. So that the thing that I would add to that is try to create a rhythm where you have a set time. Mm-hmm. I don't mean this in a legalistic way. So mm-hmm. please don't don't like I'm not saying that there's only a certain time that you can meet with God, but what I am saying that is if we don't create a rhythm and a pattern what we're going to do is we're going to find engaging God to be a matter of convenience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, today I did mm-hmm. it at 6 o'clock. Okay, yeah. tomorrow I'm going to do it at 9 o'clock. And tomorrow, mm-hmm. like, so again, there's grace if you have, like, fluctuations in your schedule. But I think I personally love, I love that I wake up around 6.30 in the morning, I get up, and then by 7 o'clock I'm on my back, on porch, back porch with my <laughs> coffee, and, that, and that's, like, my time. And I absolutely yeah. love it because I know that, like, that's a set time for me. Mm-hmm. And if there's times where I oversleep, um, I don't beat myself up. You know what I do, Mike? I forgive myself. There you go. Oh. I forgive Boom. That's step one. But I, I get right back out there yeah. and I do it. But it's super, it's super important to have that set time because it, it, it compels you. Like, it's the same thing with me, like, going to the gym. Back I mean, Remember back in the day when gyms were oh. open? Um, like, when going to the gym. Like, if I didn't have a set time, well, I'm going to go to the gym when I feel yeah. like it. Guess yeah. when I feel like going to the gym? <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Well, when I have a set time, that time actually increases my, my discipline, and, and it really does help. So so I hope I hope that this really can be an encouragement yeah. for all of us. Like, these are the small things we can do yeah. that could be an extension or an expression of doing the most. I really do believe because Jesus did the most for us, it's right. the least we can do. Come on. Yeah. I didn't say that on yeah. Sunday, but that's a good thing. That is good, right? <laughs> that's a good. Ooh, we need, to, we need to put that on. We got to go back to Sunday's bench. We'll put that on the clothes. And, put, and yeah. do it all over again. We're going to you would have if the doorbell didn't ring. Yeah. The doorbell didn't ring. You know, you would have got <laughs> Now, I'm waiting for the doorbell to ring for my grill to show up right now. Oh, well. So, so I'm okay with that. We'll have a whole new podcast with y'all. Watch me put the grill together. I'm going to start my own food. No, thing. I abandoned him. Listen, but that's, hey, that's still Bible, too, because we do have to not just eat the, the milk. We got to have the meat. So we, so, we got that, the Mike. meats coming. Say that, Mike. The meats are coming. Say that, Mike. I'm telling you. The I'm waiting Bible for it talks yeah. a lot about feasting. <laughs> a lot about feasting. Feasting is biblical. In fact, I've seen more about feasting in the Bible than fasting. Come on, somebody. We're going to wrap up right here because I'm getting so hungry. Um, but, but thank you guys so much for being with us. Thank you guys for sitting down with us, man. We're going to keep you. this thing going, man. I love you guys. I love you guys. Can't wait to see you all. Grateful for you guys, and we'll see you soon. See you soon.